This is another expectation that we have with the old paradigm that people are gonna tell us how to bake a cake. And imagine that baking a cake is something that we have to have a recipe, otherwise we can't do it. Uh, but somebody built the first cake in, in the history of humans, didn't they? Somebody had made the first bread, somebody has made uh, the first home, the first shelter, somebody has grown the first garden, it has actually reproduced a plant that had never been planted by human hands before. So it's about going back to that basic creativity that we have in ourselves and understanding there's a few basic principles that we can introduce into our life today and start creating what we need right now based on those simple principles. Permaculture teaches you that, teaches you to, to start looking at nature in a different way. That's Andre Soares speaking with me from his current home in Australia. Originally from Brazil, Andre is a trilingual permaculture designer and teacher and natural builder who, since 1994, has trained more than 7,000 designers in Brazil, Portugal, Australia, and the USA. He's the co-founder of the Permaculture Institute of Central Queensland and NAG Community Radio in Australia, and Ecocentro Ipec in central Brazil, a living and learning eco-village center that has seeded the permaculture and natural building movement in many regions of South America. André has received multiple design awards for his work with Ecovilla Santa Branca and with Boom Festival, a biannual gathering in Portugal of about 50,000 people. André was the first representative of the Global Ecovillage Network in Latin America in 1998, and he's been recognized since as a social entrepreneur on three continents. I loved talking with André because I love hearing not only things I didn't know about what's being done to move us toward life-sustaining society and learning within that about my own paradigm and how that can change and checking my assumptions. But I also really love hearing what moves the people who do this work. So hearing from Andre about what it means to him to be a grandfather, about how he sees wealth in terms of living systems. He has some important insights about that, about what wealth really is in the long term and what abundance is and how we relate to that abundance. Important insights about how we envision sustainability, how we think about it, moving on from an old idea of three pillars, social sustainability, economic sustainability, environmental sustainability, as sort of three separate things, to an image that really better represents the real, the real boundaries that we are living within. So I hope you enjoy listening and learning about permaculture and Andre and what he loves about life on Earth and what it's moved him to do both in his personal life, in the sense of his own footprint, his own relationship to the water cycle and growing food, and his work teaching and leading and really being a part of permaculture growing in many regions of the world. You're listening to Turning Season Podcast. I'm your host, Leilani Navarre, here with your dedicated dose of active hope. I'm delighted to bring you these conversations with the inspired individuals who are collectively shifting us to a life-sustaining society. You'll hear from all kinds of healers and change makers playing their unique part in the great turning. From healing personal trauma to visionary thinking, decolonization to building composting toilets, new innovations to bridging social divides, there are thousands of reasons and ways to participate. Keep listening to find out more of what's being done already and what's possible. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and come to turningseason.com to connect. Welcome, Andre. Thank you so much for joining me on Turning Season Podcast. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I'd love to ask you first, just to get a glimpse of who you are in all of this, some questions 
from the work that reconnects about what moves your heart. So I'll invite you to finish this sentence however you want to. Some things I love about being alive on earth are. I could say one word on nature. Nature is what moves me. It's what makes me feel alive and and makes me celebrate every day. It's looking at all around and and see the beauty of nature. I live in a beautiful place and surrounded by beautiful living things. And this is what my life is about. It's about making them possible and more available to more people. Mm, Beautiful. And on the other side of the, the full range here, how would you, how would you finish this sentence? When I look at what's happening to the natural world, some things that break my heart are. (laughs) The ignorance that we are somehow part of, of all this. The, what breaks my heart is to see that uh, a lot of people still remain distant from the very planet that we come from. Uh, we, our, our systems, our structures, our society have developed uh, ways to distance people from their very nature. And I think we have somehow bought into this uh, idea of this paradigm that nature is out there and, and we are this center of, of the story. Or, and really, when we realize that we are not in the center, but we are part of it, uh, everything changes. And it breaks my heart is, is to see that it takes so long. I would like to see the changes that are happening uh, happen faster. It's, it's, uh, it's a natural feeling to, to want to see the, the world that we dream of in, in, in our lifetime. But also I understand that that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I relate to that too. Sometimes it's so exciting to see the changes and also it is heartbreaking to see how long it's taking and how, how much is standing in opposition really to those changes. And I know you have been, you've been a part of these changes for many, many years now. I want to ask you about your role in the great turning and also maybe zoom out for a moment and talk about the three stories of our time, including the great turning and And this will be an opening for you to talk about how you're relating to all of this in your life, maybe a little bit of your story, but for listeners, the three stories of our time are business as usual. That's the first story, which is one of the the stories being played out in humanity right now. People moving along with business as usual, continuing to grow, to extract more, to produce more, to look, to get ahead, to make more money, to succeed and really carry on as we have been. There's a second story many of us are living in, which we call the great unraveling in which species are going extinct at mass numbers. And there are human crises of war and poverty and refugee crises. The sense basically that everything's falling apart. And then we have this third story, which I know, Andre, is a big story in your life of the great turning, that we're at a moment in human history of an adventure story, turning human society toward something life-sustaining. So, Andre, where do you find yourself in those three stories? How do you relate to those? Oh, I think this is is a very uh, profound question, but... Uh, I think I see myself in all three. Uh, in a way, they 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 all play at the same time, uh, and it's really a matter of choice. Um, and every minute uh, of which story we want to be playing, uh, every minute of the day. Uh, 
I, when I was younger, when I was a young man, I, I was just business as usual and mostly oblivious to, to these things, uh, oblivious to the stories. It was just survival in a way. Uh, I grew up in, in Brazil and the, the, the political and social reality of Brazil in in seventies and eighties was one of of oppression, of turmoil, uh, of uh, influence from from political powers, and uh, really the focus was on survival. And the I think one great turning point for my life was when I became a father in in, in nineteen ninety uh, when just everything seemed to, to have fallen into, into place for me. It's, I, I felt like I was waking up to, to a reality that I didn't uh, recognize before, uh, which is the reality of living life, uh, but to the fullest, not living life as if we are authorized to live and constantly uh, suffering for the things that we didn't do or for the regrets of, on, about the things that we did. Uh, but really the big change is, is, is in the mind, it's in, in, it's in every day is to realize that our, our role is just to, to, to live as an example. If, if I can be an example to a child uh, or to a younger person uh, on the things I do, on the choices I make, uh, everything makes sense because there is there is no regrets. We recognize that we are always learning, and we are changing with every decision that we make. Today, now, we talk about the great turning as if it's uh, not only happening but it's also an, it's urgent because it's um, uh, nature is 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 showing us, or the planet that we live in is showing us that change is necessary. But really, the choices that we we have every day is how are we going to be living today? What choices are we going to be making today? Are we, how, how our choices affect the global issues that we talk about? So today we talk about uh, things like climate change or uh, the pollution in the oceans, plastics in the oceans, uh, the, the, the aerosols and, and, and the chemical pollution in the air. Well, what am I doing today in relation to these large issues? How much uh, have I planted a tree today? Have I, have I taken some carbon out of the atmosphere? Have I reduced uh, uh, some of the carbon that I'm emitting out there? Am I, am I eliminating plastics out of my life so they don't end up in the ocean? So it really is a matter of personal choices for me now. And, and that, that, that's just, a, 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 for me, it's what the, the turning represents. Uh, it, it, for me, it's not possible to be, to be speaking about something without leaving that. So speaking about something that I wish and dream for, I have to be leaving it. I have to be doing it every day. And every day is a challenge uh, because challenges come to us. This is how life uh, goes. Uh, just like we watch the birds and we can think that they are just having fun all day long, or we can think that they are just surviving and looking for food and reproducing and visiting the trees around us. It's two ways of looking at birds, right? Two ways of looking at nature. We can understand that it's just part of, of, of life or we can put a certain romanticism into that and not feel as part of it. But our, our nature is, is just as the, na the nature of birds. Mm -hmm. we, we have to look for food, we, we reproduce, we try to adapt to the environment that we live in, and we also change the environment that we live in, just like birds do when they nest. So it is a matter of understanding this, this presence that we have in this, this planet. Uh, and now our presence becomes uh, dominant. Uh, we, we now have impacted every single ecosystem in, in this earth. So uh, it's also a responsibility now, and we need to understand that that we need to take responsibility for our own existence and one of the ways that i found uh alive 
is to take responsibility for my own existence and, and, and become more independent from this uh, economic growth that we, we have been uh, trained to believe it's necessary. You know, it's, it's a reality is that our entire lives in the modern world has been shaped by a false premise of uh, economic growth. And it's false because the planet is limited. We have boundaries that we need to live within. And, and, and that also goes for the economy. So the first thing is to realize how rich we really are and understand that we need to, to live within these boundaries. I love that you added that at the end that the first thing is to realize how rich we really are, because I, I feel like that is one of the most subversive things we can do to business as usual is, is take stock of how blessed we are, all the ways in which we do have enough and more than enough. But I, I'd love to hear more about what you're doing. What are these daily choices, you know, the ways that you're not just talking about it, but living it to, uh, to be more independent, as you said, from the dominant system. How's that looking in your life? Okay. Uh, well, that's been for a long time. Uh, as I said, when, when I became a father, the first thing I did was probably what's not normally done uh, around uh, the world. Is I quit my job. That uh -huh. was the first thing I did. So I realized, look, I'm not doing, I'm not doing what I actually want to be doing. Uh, this doesn't make sense. Even though I wasn't working for the corporate world, uh, as a lot of people aspire to do. And for me, I never, that never made sense actually. But uh, I quit my, my job as, as a social worker in, in, in those days. And not because I don't believe on, 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 on social work, but it didn't ring a sense on the ways things were being done. So quitting the job was my first action and say, okay, now I'm going to become more independent. And I have focus on the basic essential needs that I felt I had to supply my, myself and my family in a different way, in an independent way. So it's not through a job and through a salary, through, a, and through an exchange of energy that seems to be always in the negative. Um, and then I learned about permaculture and permaculture was the, 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 the engine that moved me since 1994. Uh, I have been teaching permaculture since then. I have been designing permaculture systems and sustainable living systems for people. I, I have a special focus on shelter as part of our human basic needs. Shelter is one of them, along with food and water and a few other essential needs. And so I've been, I built my own home. And I start building homes also for other people, but based on, on, on that premise of, of being in, in, in harmony with the environment and with the people. So I focus most of my work in building mud homes, homes made of the mud where they stand on. And, and then realize an amazing thing that actually most of the world lives like that. Most of the world lives uh, with uh, very, basic resources and lives well if we if we only understand that that premise that it's not about first having to make the money and then from that moving on to spending that money to try to acquire the things that are that we had in the first place um, and and i've been teaching permaculture in brazil in europe in australia i live today in australia as it's where I started my cycle, but most of my work has been done in Brazil, in central Brazil, where we developed a, an, an ecological center and a, a school. And we, we have been training designers there for the last 22 years. We have trained thousands of permaculture designers and, and have helped to grow the permaculture movement in South America. And not only in South America, but also in the South of Europe, we have had a good influence with that. Well, that's fantastic. Imagining all those designers that you've trained. Can we, can we hear a little bit more about a, a permaculture based shelter? Like, give me, give me an image. What does it look like when you build a mud home that has this 
these permaculture principles to okay. it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the things are are simple, you know. And as we today, a lot of people understand that what's simple is 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 beautiful. And a permaculture home is a home where you feel well. You wake up in the morning and you realize that you haven't been consuming electricity to, to try to keep the temperature of your home uh, comfortable for yourself. You did that in the design. You did that by, by understanding the forces of nature and using them on your design to give you that comfort. You also uh, go out in the morning and look for your breakfast in your garden. And, uh, and you know what's there because you have put it in there and you know you're going to have uh, your, your nice food that you are responsible and you produced. And you greet your family and your family feels the same, feels comfortable, feels happy in a house that's not toxic. And most, a lot of people today are unaware that, uh, that they live in a toxic environment. When, when, when we live in a shelter, uh, that it has predominant uh, volatile components in plastics, in paints, in industrialized, uh, heavily pro processed materials with, uh, with chemicals that are harmful to ourselves. So we, we, today it's, it's very hard to be conscious and, and aware of nature. If you spend a third of your life at least inside a box that was designed and it was produced for, uh, for, for, for promotion of, of an economic pattern, for selling industrial products that you actually never needed in the first place. So a, a, a natural home, a permaculture home can be very natural. We, we, still, we still use and we still depend on some uh, industrialized products today. And depending on the climate that you live, also that would be, uh, more or less dependent on this. But uh, a natural home helps to make natural people and, and, and harmonious living uh, amongst these people. And, and people, they understand that. They understand that they are not just a, a, a unit uh, as individuals, but they are part of a family. Uh, this family may not be the ones that live with you in the same shelter, but it's a larger human family. And then we start getting uh, aware of, of the need for a community that, that really survival and, and thriving happens uh, not as individuals, not alone, but it happens in community. It happens in, 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 the, in the social context. And so that's when we start making big changes in life because we, soon realize, look, I need to build community. I need to, to develop my, my social family uh, in the way that harmony can grow, not the economy. Right, right. So I know that community is a big part of the eco-village vision and, and you're working with eco-villages, I believe, with permaculture. What, and there are so many eco-villages around the world with very different settings, but yeah. what can you tell me more about that? I'll leave it a very open question, but permaculture and eco-villages, how's that connecting with design yeah. and with community? Well, there are, as you said, there are thousands of intentional communities around the world, and we can call them eco-villages, which is a, a movement, it's an organization, it's also a network. Uh, we can call them community as we like. We all live somewhere. We all live in, as part of some community. Some of us decide to intentionally live it that way. So it's no more an, uh, an incidental fact that we have neighbors because we have it. And, uh, but we also start choosing to live in that way. And that is the big change. Living in an eco village or an intentional community it's really about the intention. It's really about the choice to interact, the choice to connect, the choice to, to, to face our challenges together, the choice to resolve our conflicts, the choice to help and be helped by our, our community. 
in, the, in, in supplying our basic needs, but not only that, in thriving as, as part of this nature that we're in. So there are so many different uh, faces of community today in the world uh, that it would be very hard to, to, to define one. But we could talk about scale, we could talk about the, 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 the definitions that people have in terms of community. But I, I choose to just say it's about the choice of intentionally living with our neighbors or choosing sometimes choosing where to live is part of that choice too. Sometimes we have to move. Sometimes we don't have to move. Uh, it all depends of where we are at the moment, but it's uh, contemplating this, this, this living as a, as a choice because the other choice is frightening. The other choice is about isolation. It's about polarizing. It's about closing ourselves in uh, into some unhealthy shelter and that could be also uh, unhealthy to the mind because isolation is, is, is not our nature. We, we need to solve our problems collectively. And this is a good moment in, in the world, I believe now, to do that. We, we've been called upon to, to make these changes, to change ourselves in the first place. And that internal change is continuous. Uh, it, it's an everyday change that we, we can share and we can learn with our, our community. And this is what we do uh, at the moment. I am uh, starting to, to teach permaculture to communities, to people in, interested in communities. We're doing a permaculture design course online for the first time for the Global Eco Village Network. And this is, is going to be a turning point in terms of community uh, living because we also have to adapt. The reality now is that the, when we we were isolated for our own health, we had to learn to adapt. And one of the ways to adapt is not to let communication with our neighbors to be cut off. And that's an opportunity too. For the first time, we're going to have a global class in permaculture. So it's not so much about doing going in some place and learning about permaculture design in, in a center like we did in Brazil for all these decades. But now it's about reaching out to, to a global audience that is interested and they have their own projects and they have their own dreams and, and they need that little push and a little inspiration and a little bit of method on how to get there. It's really not that complicated and permaculture is not that complex either. Uh, it's about embracing complexity and embracing diversity. That's gonna, it's gonna teach us the resilience that we, we need to learn in these times. That's very exciting that you'll be connecting with people all over the world like that. I'm wondering if, if there are people listening right now who are wondering about permaculture in their existing structures. I imagine that some of the people in the eco-villages, in the eco-village network who will be training with you have some structures and shelters and systems in place already. So are you, do you also teach about adapting what's already in existence to follow more permaculture principles, or is it more about building from scratch? Uh, yes, adapting is all that this is, there's no such thing as actually building from scratch. This is it's part of the old paradigm as well, mm. uh, where, where people move into an area and the first thing they do is they clear all the area down right. and bulldoze being alive and turn it into a flat, dead space so they can bring life back into it. Uh -huh. uh, everything is change. Everything is adaptation. Um, so yes, if you, if you have your home and you are relatively happy with it, of course, it's, it's not about having to build from scratch or move out or do something else, but it's actually adapting. There's a lot of things that you can do to change your home, to change your lifestyle, to change the space that you occupy, to change your garden, uh, if you have one or to make one, uh, to start living in, 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 a, in an environment that supports you better. Uh, but the point about permaculture 
is not to give you a recipe of that's what you have to do. You've got to build this or you have to do that. This is another expectation that we have with the old paradigm that people are going to tell us uh, how to make a cake, how to bake a cake. And imagine that baking a cake is something that we have to have a recipe, otherwise we can't do it. Uh, but somebody built the first cake in, in the history of humans, didn't they? Somebody had made the first bread. Somebody has made... Uh, the first home, the first shelter, somebody has grown the first garden, has actually reproduced a plant that had never been planted by human hands before. So it's about going back to that basic creativity that we have in ourselves and understanding there's a few basic principles that we can introduce into our life today and start creating what we need right now based on those simple principles. And, and permaculture teaches you that, teaches you to, to start looking at nature in a different way and embracing that complexity that seems to be uh, impossible to understand and really is in a way, uh, we're never going to understand everything about nature. But by learning to observe nature in a better way, extract certain principles and certain directives that nature teaches us and imitating those things, understanding what works in nature and make that work for us in our nature. Uh, that's what permaculture is about. It's, 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 it's not technique and it's design. It's a strategy for living. It, 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 and with that, we learn to think differently. We learn new ways of, of redesigning our lifestyle, of motivating ourselves in a different way, of finding reason on the things that we do in a different way. And not excuses, a big difference in finding a reason, finding a purpose, or finding an excuse. Um, and a lot of times I hear from people excuses. And that's, that's not, uh, uh, it's not a scene uh, to make excuses for not changing. It's just the way we have been trained. And uh, so I guess learning permaculture also involves a lot of unlearning, a lot of uh, disinforming, because a lot of the information that we got was focused on, on control, was focused on, on an industrial way of looking at the world. We're still coming out of the age of industrial uh, command and control. A lot of us still thinking on those terms, uh, either trying to command and control or being commanded and controlled. So uh, it's, it's neither of those. It is about adapting. It is about uh, harmonizing. And it's not about expecting the next job or, or the next uh, specialist to tell you what to do. It really is inside of everyone to find out what to do. And, and there are uh, techniques to develop that way of thinking, but it's really about thinking differently. Mm -hmm. It's really profound what you're saying about thinking differently. And I'm realizing even in my language about building from scratch, how many ways that this old way of thinking is embedded in our consciousness, right? And in a way, we're yeah. trying to go back to an even older way of thinking, as well as uh, what's new and fresh in some ways too. But that must be so interesting to see how everybody applies these principles differently in their different climates and their different communities and their different existing shelters, because you know it's as though each of us are inventing a new cake, a new cake recipe every time. Um, I'm curious if you are currently living in an intentional community or if you have and, and what that experience has been like for you, if you've done some integrating of, of permaculture principles in community. I have designed a, a number of, of, of communities in terms of the infrastructure. I, 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 that's where I focus more in terms of the, the, the appropriate design. Uh, I've done a great facilitator of conflict resolution. Uh, I totally accept that it's important to, to solve our conflicts and to uh, admit and to, uh, uh, to name the conflicts that we have. But the great challenge really is, is in the human 
uh, aspect is in the social aspect of, of conflict resolution. It's where, where do we decide, why, why do we have the laws that we have uh, and which are good and which are not for us. Uh, I have lived in intentional communities before. Uh, at the moment, I am not. I have moved back to Australia where I moved with my family to be a grandfather, mm. uh, to be closer to my grandson, which is, uh, uh, again, making me feel like a child again and learning everything again. It's incredible <laughs> what young people are bringing to the world. You know, we need to listen more to this young generation. They, they're telling us things in so many ways. And, and sometimes we just uh, don't know how to listen because of our way of thinking, you know? And when, 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 when we show, when we see that re- rebeldy and, 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 and when we see their attitude, we often fall into, into our old ways of comparing to our, when we were young and, yeah. and that's not that healthy. In fact, the young people are telling us exactly what we should be doing. And what we should be doing is relax and start listening a little bit more. Not don't take ourselves so seriously as we do these days, uh, and and support them in their new way of seeing the world. It's this is this has been the great school for me. Now mm. it's recent. My my grandson is is only eight, and it's been like a reawakening. Yeah, uh, to 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 be a grandfather. It, it's it's. It opened up for a completely new uh, perspective again in life. <laughs> That's wonderful. What a lucky grandson you have to be, to be listened to like that from his <laughs> grandfather. Yeah. And it's so true. Yeah, but why not? Is, why, yeah. Why not? Why not be a different grandfather? You know, you know, well, what do we, when we think about grandfathers, what do we think of? We think of those grandfathers that, you know, oh yeah, once in a while, it's going to go for a walk with you. Or it's going to be watching you from a distance in the playground. Uh, what, what was the grandfather for you? You know, some people were lucky to have grandparents nearby. Some people were uh, less lucky and didn't have. I actually had one grandmother with me uh, when I was a child. And I recorded the, 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 the sense of, of safety that, that she provided, the sense of of calm and and place, uh, the sense of being in the right place that my grandmother gave to me when I was uh, uh, a young child, um, and that's what it's about. I think again, in, in many ways, it's like being a father. It's all you're gonna do is be present, be present, be calm, and 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 have fun, you know, and and stop taking ourselves so seriously we, we take ourselves too seriously i think we take life too seriously about how we should be teaching and the, and the things that we should be be changing it's yeah sure but before we change anything out there we need to be that change i think it was gandhi that said that yes um, we need to be the change and I, I totally resonate with that you know it's for me that's what's about it's it's and I'm constantly reminded of that, you know, and I'm come and, and my family is going to, to listen to this and they're going to say, well, then why don't you do it? Exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly what they, they should be saying, you know, live and be the change. Uh, we know it, but a lot of times we don't follow it, right? We don't, we don't actually live according to what we know. Yeah. So it's really a, a matter of reminding yourself of living according to what you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I can think of lots of ways that I know better or envision the world differently, but still either make purchases or behave in ways that, that are more the, the business as usual way of living. And I don't know for you, where, where does it get hard? Where, what do you think your family's listening and thinking, well, why don't you do this then? You know, I, because I think yeah. it, I think we all oh, hit that I, point. Yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, I, I do get anxious sometimes. I do get anxious about money and how how about the bills coming and what are we gonna do? It's it's just real like anyone else, you know. Yeah. And and it and that anxiety comes up and but then I look back and and it's definitely sometimes I lose it and 
and behave in a horrible way in relation to, to those things that make me nervous or make me worried or make me uptight about things. Well, if you're such a permaculture man, so how come you're worried about these things? But then look back into it and you see that the, the, the times that we thrived, the times that we were happy, the times that our light shone brighter is when we trusted when we trusted a, a, a universal force, when we trusted a, 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 that everything is as it should be, when we trusted that what we need will come to us. It's, this is for me, this is what it is. Uh, I go back and I think, well, the times that I never worried were the times that we always had everything uh, without having to worry. So things come to you. Uh, as you as you live so i think in a way anxiety breeds scarcity and this is one thing the permaculture has taught me and, and taught me to think on that those terms is that we're not living in a in a planet that is scarce there's no scarcity there's actually abundance and abundance is a key concept because once we live abundance we understand that is abundant we see the abundance of life and diversity and and harmony around us, we understand that, uh, the, the, the entire universe changes. The entire world around us change with that notion of abundance because with abundance comes generosity. With generosity comes a community. With a community comes harmony and, 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 and we continue uh, on this cycle. Uh, so it's really uh, choosing to live in, 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 a, in, a, in a cyclic, abundant way. But it's about the abundance that, that we see, and not so much the abundance that we put it in the bank or that we accumulate somewhere, because that's actually the opposite. You know, it's, it's like pollution, you know. Uh, uh, wealth stored in some place is, is pollution. And that, that is not the notion of abundance that, that I subscribe to. Mm. So beautiful. Like you said, how rich we are in this, this, this view of abundance. And yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really not a planet of scarcity. There are times where, you know, one, one landscape might be going through a drought or something like that, but there is so much abundance around us, abundance of beauty, like yeah. you were talking about, and life and connection and, and nourishment for us. Yeah, and, and, and some people might, might choose to say, well, it's not like that for everyone. You're now living in a, in, in a rich country mm -hmm. and you're, you, you have that because you live there. And it is true. It is true. And one of the very first things we have to do is understand that uh, this wealth and, and abundance that we have also for living, but maybe by living in the right place, it's not shared by everyone. And we need to be more generous then and understand and, and, and reach out and to, to the ones that, that don't have this opportunity right now. I think, I think the, 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 the sharing and the generosity is essential to maintain that kind of wealth and to understand that uh, when we come to economic terms, we need to understand that uh, living with less, be less consumptive, consume less, and produce more for the ones that can't consume or the ones that don't have access to what we have right now. I think it's, it's fundamental. And if people think that we are going to come out of the climate change crisis or, or the global uh, geobiological systems crisis, which is more like it, and by, by looking after ourselves in our little corner of the world, that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. We have to come out of this together as a species. And, and, and that is the reality. So coming out together as a species means uh, understanding that we are one in this, in this global community and reaching out to compensate for this lucky... Uh, opportunities that we've had which others didn't have it we need to compensate for that yeah yeah and I think you and I are both in rich countries right now compared to situations people are in where there is a scarcity it's not there's not scarcity on the planet as a 
as a whole, but. Oh, there isn't. This, this, planet, is yeah. this planet is very abundant of life. Uh, it's it, sometimes it's just understanding. A lot of people walk past by food when they're hungry mm-hmm. uh, because we don't know what's food anymore. We, we, mm-hmm. we, we have, we have contributed to, to, to generating uh, ignorance. So education is a big step on, on this. And that's why I focus on teaching nowadays. Uh, also, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, the strong young man that I used to be. And teaching is, is a natural progression to, uh, to what I've done. Uh, build, um, I, I can't lift those heavy mud bricks yeah. Yeah. anymore. Uh, but I can, I can show how people can lift it and make them and, and build right. their own shelter with next to nothing. And I think that's, that becomes the, the next calling. And when you've, when you've been teaching in, in very different places in Australia, Europe, and, and back in Brazil, do you find that, I guess I'm wondering if you've been working with people who are more in a situation where there's not enough to go around, there's not enough food right now, there's not enough money, there's um, people are crowded together, or if by working more in the intentional communities, you've mostly uh, been with people who feel more of that abundance. Yeah, well, we've, I grew up in Brazil, and we worked for the last 22 years in Brazil. So the reality of South America and Brazil is, is very much part of me. Yeah. Um, and there is huge differences in there, huge differences. But again, you can see abundance everywhere. You can see abundance everywhere. And people that have uh, grown up in, in situations like that, and they, 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 problems are mostly new problems it's the problems of urbanization it's the problem of our cities in swelling up with with people that are looking for economic opportunities looking for that job that the politician has promised looking for those promises that are actually empty and if we look in terms of of the political system this is this is we need to declare our independence from that Mm-hmm. In a way, not that we are not political beings, which we are, but declaring independence from there is to start thinking independently and 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 stop repeating uh, those those mantras that are false. Uh, and the mantra uh, uh, of the economy is a, is a mantra that the economy grows. It's we look at TV and look at what we get over there. Same old thing. Uh, all these mentors have been have been damaging us more than helping. This mm-hmm. is not how we achieve the wealth that we are, and how we measure our wealth is completely wrong as well. If we if we if we could measure the wealth, and if we can understand that living systems is what makes us rich, so. The understanding that yes, we, we call Australia and the United States or in Europe today the rich countries of, of the world. But in fact, what is that real wealth? That that kind of wealth, as it's being looked at as the, in the old mantra, uh, could disappear, could evaporate in seconds. Uh, and we see that. We see those systems uh, slowly showing signs of rust. And we're going to see that the new kind of wealth, the great turning kind of wealth that we're looking at, it's about life. It's living systems wealth. And then we understand that maybe we have done a lot of damage in, in, in our living systems in these rich countries. And what we need to do is really look back into it and understand because we're, we're going to be asking for shelter somewhere else if we don't look after the living systems exactly where we're living today. Yeah. Those parks... And those those artificial uh, loans that we have been maintaining for so long, so that the people can talk good things about, can say good things about us. Uh, really, what are they cost the earth? And goes back to that. Goes back to to learning with nature. Yeah, yeah. I just want to highlight that thought. I mean, there's another way we can really change our thinking that the living systems are what make us rich. You know, that having that is really a more important and more lasting kind Absolutely. of wealth. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we can see changes now. We, we, 
we've, we've been we've been through this first stage of of, of discussing uh, a concept that is very vague, which is sustainability. You know, Joanna Macy talks about that as well in her works, uh, but. Now we understand it as sustainability. It's not those three points anymore. We're not talking about the social in one end, the environmental in another end, and the economic in the other end. Really, what we're talking about is one planet. This is the big circle. And inside that one planet, there is another smaller circle, which is society, human beings, human species. Uh, and we, inside that circle then is the economic system that we create. And, but we need to understand those boundaries very clearly. It's the planet that determines how we should be living. And we should be determining what is wealth and how we're going to acquire wealth and not the other way around. The economic systems determining, determining us what to do. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a different shift, again, a different way, a different angle of, of thinking. And there are many uh, scholars and, 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 and scientists today are agreeing with us on this, on this view. It used to be a domain of the environmentalists, the activists, the hippies, uh, and, yeah. and the greenies, like they call it here in Australia, you know, the, the inconvenient greenies. <laughs> uh, but now it's becoming the domain of science mm-hmm. uh, and it has been talked about for a long time it's not about but we still have a lot of pushback you know if we if we look at the corporate world the business as usual as usual world uh, there's a lot of pushback you know people want to take well what's your net worth you know so i don't know what's my net worth i actually never stopped to calculate how much money uh what i have Values. I don't. I never have stopped that. But a lot of people live their life on those terms. Mm-hmm. And and what is the economic growth? How much is your net worth increase? This is the old paradigm. When we talk in terms of money, when we talk in terms of currency, uh, the value of things. This is what's going to exterminate us if we do not make a change. You know. But if you tell me, how are you living within the planetary boundaries that you have? Then I can tell you, I look at that every day. You know, I look at that every day. What's my impact in terms of water? How am I using water? How am I reusing water? How am I closing the water cycle within my lifestyle? If you tell me, what's, what are you doing in terms of uh, zero waste? They say, well, we're, we're trying our best. We have reduced. We have a, 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 an impact or a footprint that is way smaller than average, much smaller than average, but we still have problems. We still need to... To, to deal with that. We recycle all our organic waste at home. We have our garden, we have a worm farm, so there's no organic waste that gets wasted. We minimize packaging and plastics. We have almost eliminated plastics uh, out of our life, and, but we still have in, uh, room for improvement in that way. If you ask me, how much do you pollute? Well, it's next to nothing, but uh, we still, sometimes have to jump on a car and drive somewhere and then we emit carbon to the atmosphere. So we have to change that. And that, that is a tricky one because our entire world was designed for the automobile and it wasn't designed for people, uh, thanks to the, to the fossil fuel industry and, and, and all, the, all the network around it. Then all the cities, all the suburbs, every, most people live today in an environment that was designed for the cars. And, and we serve this, this God car as, mm-hmm. as, an icon, as an icon of adoration in, 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 some, in some places. And we are, in a way, still partially dependent on that. I live in a small place where the cars are not so much necessary anymore, but not everybody has that choice. So you need to understand how we're going to change that and how we're going to move around and, and all those things that are related to the planetary boundaries. This is, this is what we need to understand that. That's what permaculture teaches us. It's how can we redesign our lifestyle to live within these boundaries? But not only that, how to raise the other end of this spectrum in, in living with more abundance and, and wealth and harmony as well. Mm-hmm. And with all, to other people as well. All right, that was wonderful. I love that. 
whole explanation and the the visual too of the big circle with the planet and the mm -hmm. smaller circle within of human society and the smaller circle within that of the economy and and everything mm -hmm. you're doing to to set an example and to embody it really to live in a way that feels in balance and in harmony and I love how you do it not out of I mean I don't hear you saying this out of some kind of guilt or like you're making great sacrifices but you seem to love your life and being a grandfather and finding new ways to to adapt and and live more in balance so it's really wonderful to hear I know we're coming close to the end of our, our time together, but I want to ask if you have one suggestion or one invitation for people who are listening, something they could do even in the next few minutes, just looking into their own lives or, or a permaculture principle to consider or anything else that you feel called to share. What might people do if they're feeling inspired right now? Well, I, I, I have to be consistent to, uh, to what I believe. And if you're going to do something on the next 10 minutes, walk out of your office or home or wherever it is that you are, if you are listening to this in, in some enclosed space, walk outdoors, uh, even if it's raining, even if it's cold, it's only for 10 minutes. Uh -huh. and, and focus on some aspect of nature, focus on one species that you can spot. Uh, our eyes, our visual connection to the world is very is, is very strong. So, but you can choose to 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 focus on what you are listening or what you can smell that comes from nature. If you can actually pick up a smell from from a natural source, a natural smell, you're doing really well. You know, and you are living in not such a bad place. Uh, but if you can't pick up a natural smell from where you live and try to focus on what you see uh, and focus on one species and think about that species as your, your colleague, your companion in this planetary journey that we're going through. And look at how that species has so many different strategies and every day is doing something. What is it doing? Just spend 10 minutes focusing on that. That will help to center for the day, if not for longer. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm looking out the window at a cottonwood tree as you say this. And <laughs> after we wrap up, I'll have to go see what I can smell out there and, and meet my colleague, the cottonwood tree. That's a beautiful invitation. If anybody tries this, when you try this, I would love to hear what you notice. So so Andre, where can people connect with you or learn more about the permaculture training programs that you're doing right now? And what's a good place to find you online? Okay, you will find uh, the course that we are offering in the ecovillage.org. Uh, it's the website of the ecovillage, uh, the global ecovillage network. This is uh, over there, you'll find the permaculture design certificate, which is, going, is, is being offered now. We have designed this online course to be to have a lot of live sessions, just like this one that we are having now. Uh, I know you're recording, but we will be speaking live with people in different times. So uh, people in North America will be able to log in uh, as well as people anywhere in the world. And we will have a, a group that comes from everywhere in the world. And we'll have indigenous people as part of this course. So if you want to meet some people that are looking at uh, learning, a different way of living with permaculture. Uh, that's the way to go at the moment, ecovillage.org. Look at the PDC link and you will see that, uh, you will see my, my photo and my bio there, you will see who I am and all the people that have been part of this movement that are going to be part. We have incredible speakers coming into this course as well. Okay, great. That sounds so exciting. I'll, I'll put a link in our show notes for that too, to make it easy for everyone to find you. Thank you again so much for your time and making our time zone difference work so that we could have this call. I really appreciate everything you've shared. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for listening. Come to turningseason.com slash episode four to find links to the Global Eco Village Network page where you can find the permaculture design course and also to leave a comment and let me know what's on your mind after listening to this episode. 
Contact me if you know someone, including yourself, who would be a wonderful guest on this podcast. I'm looking to talk to people who are playing their own unique part in the great turning, following the thread of what they love and what breaks their hearts. There's nothing too big or too small. Share with me. I love co-creating this with you. I'll be back on the full moon. Until then, thanks again for listening and for all the ways you're playing your part in this adventure story.